You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV, and you can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode, we're going to be talking about perfectly practical tips for picking plugins and to help me talk about that topic i have wp engine's own wordpress engineer miss judy anderson joining us here on press this judy welcome to the show thank you very happy to be here and uh, i'm really excited to talk about this topic i think you know a lot of people see the power in wordpress ecosystem uh plugins in the ecosystem um, but don't really understand like, well, what's good? What's bad? How do you know what's good and bad? And so really what we're going to be talking about today is how you as a site owner or an agency or running a digital team might consider uh, what considerations you might take into account when picking the next plugin uh, for your site. So in order to kick this off, I really want to kind of give a little context here. Um, picking good plugins is actually part of my job here at WP Engine. Um, one of the teams I lead here runs what's called the WP Engine Solution Center. And what the Solution Center is, it's a collection of plugins and SaaS solutions and themes and things like that um, that WP Engine feels comfortable recommending. And when I say feels comfortable, what I mean is we've given every one of these solutions essentially an audit. And I'm going to walk through today some of the tips in this podcast that we actually use when deciding what plugins to include in the Solution Center. Judy, I know you're a WordPress engineer. You're working on WordPress sites. 
Um, I'm guessing picking plugins is also part of your job. It is. Um, picking plugins and then making sure they work with the other plugins that we're either building or using, um, making sure they're maintained and updated. And um, I like the alliteration, by the way. Of oh, yes, yes. Plugins. Right, <laughs> Quite very a clever bit. here. Yeah. And I'm guessing you're, you're, when you choose a plugin, there's more than just like, does it have a pretty WordPress org listing? And like, does it do what you, you kind of want to do? Like, there's more to it than, than just like, is it, does it perform the functions I want and, and is it well marketed, right? There's a little bit more to it than that, I'm guessing. Yes, there's a lot that goes into knowing which one to pick. Um, the good news is that most of that information that we use to make those decisions is very readily available um, and really easy to understand. And Awesome. Well, yeah. maybe we can unpack some of that here in this podcast. Let's and, do uh, it. Kind of give folks a little bit of a view, at least how I look at it. Uh, it seems hopefully that aligns also the way you look at it, Judy. I guess we'll see. I hope so. Um, awesome. So the first thing we'll cover here is really who creates plugins and why. What are these entities? Who are these people? What are these companies creating these plugins? And then what is their motivation for doing that? Um, so there's kind of three groups as I think about plugin authors. So the first would be a brand that wants to integrate their technology with WordPress. So you see companies like HubSpot, BigCommerce that'll make a plugin so that way WordPress works with their technology. This is the first group. So I have like some outside piece of tech that I want to work well with WordPress. The other groups that uh, kind of will frequently make plugins are those that are doing it for say commercial reasons like they want to sell a premium service or maybe a premium version of a plugin. And a good example of this would be uh, say Optin Monster, which is an exit intent pop-up plugin. It's actually very well done. It's built by a company called Awesome Motive. Um, which is owned by a gentleman named Syed Bauke, who's actually been a guest on Press This before. Um, but again, you're going to have authors that are going to create a plugin effectively to drive some sort of business outcome, uh, to create money, to create revenue for their business, or perhaps even them as an individual. And then the final group who create plugins are authors who do it just for the benefit of others. Another former guest of Press This, Bill Erickson, uh, falls into this group. He makes, makes plugins that help make WordPress better. And he doesn't monetize a lot of them. They're free, you just go use them, it's great. And so each of these th three groups have their own motivation for creating a plugin, and that motivation also underpins some of the considerations you might take into account when choosing a plugin. For example, if an individual makes a plugin and they don't maintain it, that can be a very bad thing. You could have security implications, Functional functionality implications if WordPress updates the plugin doesn't if something breaks in that process um, So there's the, the these groups of individuals these groups of organizations that make plugins their motivation actually also ties into Whether or not you might choose that plugin to work uh, to use on your website. So plugins fundamentally um, Help you move fast, right? Um, what's one plugin, Judy, you've used in the past that helped you like get a project done faster? Just like any plugin off the top of your head. Um, off the top of my head, I would I would definitely say WooCommerce. Yes, That's a big right. One. Very yeah. very common plugin, uh, the most popular e-commerce system on earth, actually. Uh, so WooCommerce is a pretty big deal. But when people choose WooCommerce to launch an e-commerce store with WordPress, they get a lot of freebies, right? They get um, basically product listings, ways to manage products, payment integrations. And so by choosing a plugin, it helps you move fast, but it also affects how you operate your site. 
If you choose WooCommerce, it affects how your funnel is going to work. It affects perhaps what payment processors you can accept, what new features you're going to have in the future and right now. And so fundamentally, the way to think about it is choosing a plugin is choosing a partner for your business. Their success is your success, but also their failure is your failure. And that can actually be pretty uh, gnarly, especially when you start talking about security. Um, WordFence actually reports that the, the by overwhelming majority uh, of times when a site is compromised from a security perspective, it's because of an out-of-date plugin. Now, in many of those cases, the plugin author was responsible and had patched the vulnerability, um, and the individual hadn't applied the update. My point here is that if you choose a plugin to support your business and, and move quicker at implementing one thing or the other, um, you're also kind of inheriting their good, but you're, you, in addition to that, you're inheriting maybe the negative parts of what might be associated with that plugin. So it's very important when you choose a plugin to think about who am I adding to my site? What partner fundamentally am I adding to my business? So now I want to talk kind of more specifically though about, well, how do I know if a plugin is good or bad, right? Like that's really the focus here um, for this particular podcast. And so the place that most people will go to do their research is on wordpress.org. Now, for those unfamiliar, I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably very familiar, um, but many plugins are listed in the wordpress.org repo. Um, that does it. It's wordpress.org forward slash plugins, of course, is where you can go to look for the plugins. Um, now, not every plugin on earth is included in the repo. There are uh, also open source plugins that are hosted on GitHub or might be what we call a private plugin that's you know, kind of only used by one company. Um, but for the sake of the podcast, we're really going to stay focused on auditing the uh, WordPress.org listing for a particular plugin. Now, when you pull a plugin up, um, you go to WordPress.org and pull up a Kismet, by sake of example. Um, a Kismet is authored by uh, Automatic, and right under the title of the plugin, you can actually uh, see a link to Automatic's website. So this is the first thing I do when I'm looking at a plugin is I see who is it by and then I visit their website and I do what, what's fundamentally called a business audit. I'm looking to see, are they invested in the plugin? Are they gonna keep supporting it? Is this a side project from six years ago? Is their business centered around or partially centered around supporting this plugin? And that's really important to me because it's a sign about whether or not they're gonna to continue to improve it, continue to maintain it. So that's one of the first things I look at. The other thing on the .org listing that uh, first comes to mind when I'm doing an audit is to look at the contributors and the developers. So the byline of the plugin is, is fundamentally the organization or people uh, primarily responsible for the plugin, but you can also see the contributors underneath it. And in Akismet's case, um, the top contributor on the list is Matt Mullenweg. Judy, have you ever heard of Matt Mullenweg? I sure have, yes. Yes, right. <laughs> Matt Mullenweg, yes. of course, is one of the co-creators of WordPress. And he is also listed here as an author or contributor and developer for the Akismet plugin. Now, when, you're, uh, when you click on Matt Mullenweg's name or anyone's name that's a contributor or developer in a plugin that you're auditing, you can actually go into their plugin author profile and get a little bit more information. Um, we're going to kind of dive into the, what that information contains and how to evaluate it. But we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. 
It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S., don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Denticott, Taya Obrecht, Julie Oranger, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and we're in the middle of our episode around tips for picking perfect plugins and what you can do to find out if the plugins you're deciding on are worthy of being a partner in your business. Right before the break, I explained how on wordpress.org forward slash plugins, you can view a plugins listing and use that for auditing purposes. And right before the break, we talked about how the fact that you can click on an author's name to get a little bit of a view and background into their um, basically digital reputation as it would as a plugin author. When you click on an author's name under contributors and developers, you pull up their profile and in the profile, there's a couple of areas that I like to spend time on. The first is kind of this uh, meta member info in the top right corner, which shows you how long they've been a member on wordpress.org. Did they just join yesterday? In that Mullenweg's case, he's been a member since 2003 when WordPress was invented effectively. So he's been a member since the beginning. So that's a good sign that he's a good author. Um, their location, which is probably not relevant for you, 
their personal website, which may or may not help in a business audit. And then you can kind of poke around their social media profiles. If you saw, for example, they were all about Magento and not all about WordPress anymore, that might be a clue the author's not fully invested in keeping that plugin maintained. Um, the other area I like to look at is in the bottom left corner, and it allows you to click on this word plugins and see what other plugins the author has created. Now, the reason I think this is important is because, again, this is a bit of their digital reputation. If the plugin you're going to choose looks fine, that's great. But if they have seven other plugins they've abandoned, geez, that might not be a good sign that they're going to keep this plugin up to date. And so in addition to auditing the plugin that you may choose to use on your site, um, I also find it helpful to audit plugins that the developers or creators have also created outside of the one I'm looking at. Judy, have you ever gone to like that level of investigating an author? Um, it, it does depend. I have. Um, not, there's a, I would say there's a suite of plugins um, that I would turn to on a regular basis, and that, that's probably the case uh, for most developers or non-developers even. Um, but yeah, I would say when researching something new and the decision has been made to use a plugin, um, I would I would want to dig that deep for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. See see what's going on there. See if they have that uh, history of being a responsible author. So another area on the plugins listing within WordPress.org is the stats view, and basically it lists a few different options. One is the version number. So if it was say version 1.0, I might ask myself, "Geez, am I the first?" person or first group of people that might be using this plugin, I may or may not decide this is the plugin for me based on how many version numbers there are. Now that's a big loaded uh, stat, so just because they're on version 2 doesn't mean it's bad. Just because they're on version 1.3 doesn't mean it's bad. But again, if it's super early versions, that might be a clue that it's not a very mature product. Um, when was it last updated? This is another good stat to look at when choosing a plugin. If it was like two years ago, uh-oh, that's not a good sign. Uh, generally, authors will update their plugins around minimum uh, every six months and sometimes even more frequent. Um, but again, this doesn't always mean that it's a bad plugin. If it might be eight months since the last update, it might be actually a very simple plugin that doesn't require a lot of updates. So you need to take these things with a grain of salt. If it's an SEO plugin that hasn't been updated in eight months, I would be like, whoa, 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 whoa wait, SEO changes a lot. This probably isn't a good thing that they're updating it so infrequently. As a matter of fact, if you look at Yoast's changelog, they update their plugin all the time because uh, SEO, of course, evolves. Um, it also shows you the number of active installations that the plugin has. Obviously, again, am I the first person using this plugin or one of the first? Um, that might be a clue that this plugin might not be for you. In a Kismet's case, they have over 5 million installs, so I'd say they're uh, pretty well adopted there. Um, what WordPress version does it support is another stat in this area. Um, I generally ignore that because I'm not running WordPresses that, for the most part, aren't on the current branch of WordPress. But if you were on an older branch, the WordPress version stat might be important to you. So in other words, if you're running on version 4.3, it might be important to see that it's supported back to that version. Uh, Judy, how many WordPresses do you run that aren't on the current version of WordPress? Um, actually, uh, quite a few, because we take a lot of caution with when we do the upgrade. but. Um, it's done on a regular basis, I would say. We just have to be very cautious when we roll it out. And then obviously, to bring it back to here, make sure that all of the plugins on, you know, on that, that we are running will 
support that latest version. version. Yeah. yeah. Now, I did hear you say that you don't uh, immediately apply feature release, which is good practice. That's uh, good to know. But generally, you're striving to keep your WordPresses on the latest version of WordPress. Oh, definitely, yes. So when you look then at the next piece of data uh, available within the plugins, it's called tested up to. And basically what that means is, well, what version of WordPress was this plugin uh, compatible with, say, on the high end? And if it's not the most recent version of WordPress, again, this is a clue that the author isn't maintaining their plugin. As of the date of this recording, the current version of WordPress is version 5.3. And in Akismet's case, sure enough, they're tested up to version 5.3. So I'm like, okay, great sign, love that. Uh, looking really good. Um, you can also view the languages if that's important to you. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you understand English. And of course, all of the plugins for the most part are going to be in English. Um, and then there's also a link in the stats view on the plugins listing called advanced view. And I think this is where people get really confused when they start thinking about, um, well, is this plugin popular? Does this data show me any really interesting information? So uh, within the advanced stats view, one of the graphs it shows is downloads per day. And one of the common misconceptions is that means how many people download the plugin to use it for the first time. And that's not what it is. It's actually the number of downloads from the WordPress org repo. And what that means is that every time there's an update to the plugin, um, many users of the plugin will download the update and that'll count towards these stats. So you'll see these weird spikes in the graph and stuff like that. That's usually associated with an update that the plugin has. So take the downloads per day with a grain of salt. It's not really a good measure of a plugin's popularity. Um, there's some things you can kind of infer uh, by the number of downloads that are happening uh, for any particular update. Another area is something called active versions. This basically shows you the percentage or of people using the plugin that are on the most recent or any particular version of the plugin. Now, the way I interpret this is if, say, uh, an overwhelming majority of the users of the plugin were on an older version, that might be a clue to me that some of the updates for that plugin might not. Uh, work very well. They might break the site and people might be sticking on older versions of the plugin. And so, um, again, you gotta kind of take that with a grain of salt because sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Um, but it's, an, again, another clue on uh, basically are people updating the plugins. And then you can also view active install growth over time, again, to kind of get a feel for is the plugin kind of growing or shrinking. So the next area I want to talk about is to, uh, how to analyze the plugins uh, ratings basically. So there's uh, WordPress.org has a five-star rating system. Users can leave reviews and there's not a lot of curation that goes on there. So it's pretty much the wild west of reviews. Um, as with reviewing or say analyzing any kind of reviews, you start to look for things like, is there a disproportionate number of five-star and one-star reviews? Do they have a thousand five-star reviews and no one-star reviews or any other kind of review? That might be a clue that something is inorganic in the way that those reviews are submitted. Um, but the other thing that I like to do is um, I like to actually go in and look at the reviews and see like, well, what are the one-stars saying about the plugin? Is it broken? Does it not work very well? In Akismet's case, one of the negative reviews, one-star reviews, was said, well, this is a paid plugin. It's actually a free plugin, and there's a paid upgrade to it, um, but this particular person didn't like that. 
well, it's fine. It all plays by WordPress's rules. In Akismet's case, no problem. So I don't really put a lot of, uh, I don't know, faith or uh, value in this particular review. So no big deal to me that it has a paid upgrade. Um, the other thing I'll do is remember earlier how I said you could look at who the people were that made the plugin. Did they leave a review? Um, again, this could be another sign that, hey, something inorganic is happening here and um, might not be the best choice for a plugin. Um, quickly, Judy, have you ever seen um, unauthentic reviews when looking at a plugin's reviews in the org? I have, uh, for sure. Um, I've seen also just kind of, I guess, what we call those bogus reviews where it's, um, you know, I think with any type of review system, the, the, the ranters or someone who had a, a yes, bad day right, right, might just right, right. come in. Um, Somebody's always got something to say on yeah. something. So it's, uh, it's really interesting. But dig through those reviews. Um, take them with a grain of salt. Some of the bad ones probably aren't that bad. Um, and some of the good ones might not be real, I guess. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and we're in the middle of our episode around picking perfect plugins. Right before the break, we were giving you some tips on how to audit reviews of plugins on WordPress.org. We're going to continue that now to further areas you can audit to see if a plugin's a good choice for you. One area in the plugins listing on WordPress.org is a tab called Support. 
And this is where users can create tickets, you know, complaining about this, that, or the other with a particular plugin. And the author can also respond to those tickets here. Now, um, what I like to do when I go to the support area is I like to read the tickets. If people are having a problem, what kind of problem are they having? Is it with a plugin that I might be using that might not be compatible? Is the plugin that I'm that they're using not working in some way? Um, the other thing you can look at is whether the author is responding to those tickets. Now, there's no obligation for the author to respond. And a matter of fact, a lot of people will charge for support for the plugin. And that's actually how they monetize the plugin. So again, you kind of need to take it with a grain of salt if they're not responding to this forum's questions about the plugin. Um, but if they've totally ignored those support tickets, that's probably not a good sign. You're really looking for a responsible author, but also looking at those tickets to see if they contain information that might be a clue that something negative is going on. Judy, have you left like a support ticket on an org plugin before? Like, like have you like, submitted an actual ticket to an author? I have, I have, uh, in fact. And I, I have experienced cases where there was no response or, um, you know, the, the nature of the response was, I guess, less than helpful. I definitely take with a grain of salt, too, that if I'm, if I'm not paying for any sort of uh, support maintenance service, uh, that's going to happen. Um, and I have been actually delighted as well by some of the responses and help I've gotten. Um, yeah, just, most responsible authors will, you know, give you a thoughtful response. Sometimes it might be, hey, can you contact support through this official channel, like that kind of thing. But what you're really looking for there is like total abandonment of the support <laughs> threats. Um, definitely, definitely not a good sign. The best though is, uh, I, I really look at also that just like that rate of response time. Because there, there are authors who will, they will get right back to you, whether it's on the, the ticket or find a way to contact you directly. And it's, um, that just makes you feel, there you, <laughs> go, feel like there you, you go. got your money or time's worth. Another area of the plugins listing in WordPress.org is a tab called development, which will show you the change log for the plugin. In other words, what did they change over time? Um, did they patch it for security? Did they add new features? If they're not developing or if they're not releasing patches or updates for the plugin frequently, that's a sign they're not maintaining it. So look through the development tab or AKA the change log to see how the plugin is evolving over time. If you see a lack of change, if you see a lack of innovation, a lack of patching, again, that's a bad sign. Now, another thing that comes up a lot of course is, well, is my plugin, is any particular plugin uh, have a vulnerability in it? And there's a lot of different ways you can go about that, but one of the quick and easy ways I like to do is to use a website called WPVulnDB. And what WPVulnDB allows you to do is to search to see if plugins have had vulnerabilities in the past and whether those plugins or vulnerabilities are patched or fixed or unpatched. And VulnDB.com is a really quick way to do that. Now, again, I'll warn you, if you find a vulnerability on VulnDB for a plugin you're researching, it doesn't mean the plugin's bad, uh, especially if it's patched. That usually means that's a responsible plugin author. Almost all of the software in your life requires patches and security updates multiple times a year. Your iPhone, your computer, your smart TV, all that stuff needs to be updated just like WordPress, just like plugins. Um, but you can leverage VulnDB to look for vulnerabilities from the past and whether or not those authors have um, updated them. And then our last tip here is to uh, see if your plugins are using WordPress code quality standards. 
there's something called the WordPress coding standards. It's a GitHub repo. You can Google it and it will allow you to do what's called linting of a plugin. This is usually a developer task. So if you're not a developer, um, you'll have to get one to use that, but it's super handy to see if the author's following uh, WordPress code quality standards. So um, that kind of wraps up the tips we're giving today around uh, ways you can go about picking plugins. Thank you so much, Judy, for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening to this episode of Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.